0: On air.
1: I do see green shoots ahead in terms of corporate. There is plenty of liquidity. It's just that price sensitivities amongst investors has certainly become more discerning.
0: This is on air by ANZ Institutional. We bring you the latest market leading analysis and thought leadership from more than 30 global markets, giving you the information you and your business needs to thrive.
1: As we entered the last quarter of 2021, we saw a bit of volatility. However, there has certainly been a big change in terms of volatility that's increased a lot compared to the end of 2021. And that's been primarily rates driven um, and also on the back of you know matters that are outside of our hands. We've had inflation um, soaring or, or increasing quite dramatically. We've had an impact of supply chain issues. Russia and Ukraine, there's just a lot of factors that were outside of our control that have increased the volatility, in particular rates um, volatility, that have flowed over into the um, investment-grade, high-grade market, both domestically and really offshore.
0: The loan market's a little bit different, and the loan market's generally slower to react than the bond market to, I suppose, vo- volatility. Um, if I look, If I look back to last year, last year was a year when the beginning of the year was quite quiet and that activity really ramped up um, towards the end of the year. And I think Q4 last year was the second highest quarter on record in the the domestic loan market. Um, And if I look at um, 2022, uh, we started off a little bit quieter for Q1. um, I think partly driven by the amount of activity that we saw in Q4 last year, but activity has actually been increasing over this year probably driven by two factors. One one last year was a, was a huge one, was M&A. Um, a lot of M&A sort of occurred during last year and that's still continuing into 2022, um, except the M&A focus has switched a little bit. It's a little bit more um, private equity focused and probably a little less corporate focus. whereas last year there was a lot more corporate M&A, there was, there was both corporate and private equity M&A, whereas, whereas this year I think probably a little bit more focus on private equity M&A as opposed to corporate M&A. Um, but that volume is certainly picking up in in, in Q2 this year, um, partly driven also by as Gwen talked about. Gwen talked about is the volatility in the the capital markets because the loan markets are a little bit more stable, do take a little bit longer to react. There is a few borrowers that have been coming to the loan market that would have otherwise have gone to the bond market.
1: I mean, that's a good point because if you look at generally when loan markets are super popular, debt markets become less popular. Last year. We beat you in pricing and and opportunistic funding almost 90% of the time, both at the short end and at the long end. Like throughout 2021, if you would have told me I would have printed as many deals in the front end of the curve three or five years, I would have thought, no way. Um, But you know, throughout 2021, we really have funding available for issuers at exceptionally competitive prices. And we had the largest corporate issuance on record in terms of the domestic market that that certainly has flipped now that there's a little bit more hesitant towards investors to go out in terms of duration, and they're more focused on the mid part of the curve. Our pricing isn't nearly as compelling as as yours in the in the loan market. And the other factor that's really impacted the Aussie market in particular is kind of like the technical artificial compression of yields because or sorry of spreads throughout 2021 financial issuance which is generally a large part of the primary market in the domestic market was lackluster it was 28 billion for the full year 2021 compared to more typical volumes of 68 or seventy billion, and that was driven by the TFF and the banks' ability to fund at very, very significantly low levels. As that rolled off, they've come. They've now come back to the domestic markets, and we've seen so far year to date we're about thirty six billion of issuance in FIs. That far exceeds what we did for the full year last year at twenty eight. And those spreads have kind of have not kind of. They've definitely pushed out. If you look at where five bank. Five year major bank funding was in the beginning of January at 70 compared to where it was you know a week or two ago at 105, it's certainly been picking up. And then if you look at that compared to the end of 2021, that's another 30 to 40 basis points increase to the beginning of the year. So if you look at the spread differential of where a major bank funds compared to, let's say, an A minus corporate. At the end of the last year, 2021, you would have seen seven-year corporates around that 77 mark, but that's not even where a three-year major bank is pricing. At the moment, three-year is now at 90.92 because there's a new major bank out, and that's a, a drastic increase from the beginning of the month where it was at 77. So there's a lot of resetting that's coming through, and offshore levels for these major banks are even wider than they are in the domestic market. We we just need primary to kind of reset where corporate spreads are and marks are, you know, a little bit uh stale to say the least, because flow in secondary is has really slowed um, as investors are wanting to see where primary sets the tone for new issues. So that's kind of the quagmire we're in at the moment.
0: Yeah, that that widening spreads for, for in the capital market space for the the FIs is certainly flowing through to the line market. Um, there is always a lag and I, I mean, I the way I look at it, it, the lag is typically around about three months before we almost catch up. It, do, it does take a, a reasonably long period of time um, for, the, for that to flow through to the loan market because the loan market sort of looks through that volatility a little bit. Um, but I, I suppose that those wide, widening spreads will absolutely flow to the loan market over time. Um, one of the other things that's seen happening in the loan market though is a number of banks are very keen to do deals a lot quicker than they once were and they're prepared to hold pricing a lot, for a lot shorter period than they previously were. Um, so we're getting a lot of pressure from banks um, when we're doing transactions in the market to actually close the deals very, very quickly because they can see see the rising funding costs coming down the track. And so they want to close deals quickly so that they can actually lock in the, their current funding prices before they sort of get those rising prices come through their model. So I think that, that also theme says to me, pricing is definitely going to rise over the coming months on the loan space. And we'll catch up to where bond market spreads are um, but obviously it's a prediction about what's going to happen over the next three months and Gwen touched on before about um, how aggressive the the bond market was at the beginning of last year um, that's also a reflection of why the loan market was quite first co- well the first half of last year because I mean Gwen could outprice the most, most loan deals and so people were heading to the capital markets when, when pricing and um, um, volumes were attractive and obviously people are now heading back to the loan market for exactly that same reason so I mean the bar- markets do work very well together and and borrowers pick what suits them best at a particular point in time. So um, when one's up, the other one's generally down. So it kind of does work in a bit of a cycle like that.
2: Gwen, how have these factors impacted the corporate bond market this year?
1: Look, the corporate bond market is tracking, it's about year-to-date issuance is 3 billion. If you look at it on a year-on-year basis, it's down quite dramatically. But again, 2021 was a record year in the Aussie market. If you look at it where a typical Aussie issuance year is in the domestic market, it's 10 to 15 billion. So sitting at three for the first five months, probably tracking slightly lower than where we would for a typical year, but not that much. It can go quite quickly. We've had a couple of really big, different type transactions come this year, like a debut issuer for Air New Zealand. So I do see green shoots. ahead in terms of corporate, but it just, you need to start seeing a little bit more primary coming through before other corporates are ready to, to come to the market. There is plenty of liquidity. It's just that price um, sensitivities amongst investors and how they're willing to deploy cash has certainly become more discerning.
0: Yeah. I mean, we just need the the I mean, it doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter where the pricing level is. It just means it's a matter of whether it actually settles. So when, when things settle, um, the loan market and the bond market will pretty much level out and be reasonably consistent. So when that's the, for, for a stable market and not moving price, it kind of doesn't matter what the price level is. Both, both markets will be reasonably active when things are more stable, but we the loan market does benefit a little bit more from volatility.
2: Do you expect this volatility to continue to benefit the loan market?
0: I think the volatility always benefits the loan market because it's a little bit slower to react. Um, I mean, we, we, whenever you look through um, periods of volatility, the loan market typically is a little bit more active than the than the than the bond market because banks um, can fund a little bit easier than than what corporates can, and so loans are a little bit more attractive than what bonds are at that particular point in time. So you do you do see spikes in loan market activity at um, Whenever there's points of volatility in the cycle,
1: I mean, and also depending on the sector and the rating, yeah, absolutely, some of the the loan pricing because of that lag is pricing through a major bank is for a much different credit rating, and and the tenors are sometimes even longer. So, you know, it's kind of a, a safe haven.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's probably also to point out also important to point out that. Um, there are different segments of the bond, the loan market as well because, I mean, when we see periods of volatility and, and extreme periods of volatility, markets like the high yield market become a little bit more challenging because they've got different investors, right? So um, it all depends on the investor pool. If you're targeting a, a bank investor pool, typically the banks will flow through those periods of volatility a bit more. But where you're targeting institutional investors, even in the loan product, because we are seeing more and more institutional investors participating in the loan product, um, that volatility affects those investors. So um, particularly in spaces like high yield where you're seeing a significant increase in the number of investors, um, you are seeing a little bit more volatility in that space.
2: Gwen, turning to the USPP market, which is a key source of long-term funding for Australian and New Zealand issuers, ANZ recently decided to build a standalone US capability and have made some new hires in the US. Can you explain to us the rationale behind it and the reception we've had from customers?
1: It's been a long time coming and I think it's just um one of the benefits is that we service the customer from the origination all the way through to distribution and given that it's a very um tight or or closely held market with you know, there's relatively few investors. It's at 80 20. 20% of those investors do 80% of the transactions. We were very fortunate in hiring Mike Tilmany. He's the head of the USPP team in the US. He has over 25 years' experience and has dealt with these investors. Most of them, from when they were analysts up until now, they're actually running the team. So, you know, we do have a very good coverage in terms of the investors, and we were very fortunate to have some very big wins early on. The Coates, nine about nine hundred million Aussie equivalent transaction, also the more recent Port of Brisbane that showed the stability of the market that can go through very volatile times. We also hired another analyst, Ada Couch, that's joined him in New York. Morgan Griffith is working with them and they're looking for one more person to build out that team. But it was obviously a a, a no-brainer for ANZ in terms of filling out more of the debt profile or debt offering platform in terms of a a very good complement to the Aussie domestic market and and even more so this year as the domestic market last year you could get the tenor even in 2020 those investors because of the way the curve was and trying to augment returns were very happy to extend out but now it's a different environment given the inflation and the other supply chain issues that i mentioned earlier and and also um obviously the central bank rhetoric in terms of increasing rates over time and how quickly is the bigger question so basically um in terms of our domestic market, the focus is very much on the midterm and then the USPP is a very good complement, and that's the 10, 12, 15 and 20 year funding options. And it's quite competitive at that, uh, tenor for the longer tenor. The one other benefit that this market among others is the delayed start. So you can lock in rates and then fund in six months or three months time, or we've even seen it up to a year. Um, And the ability to fund directly in Aussie dollars, because the cross currency used to be an issue, but the amount of available direct or swap back Aussie dollars amongst investors is increased significantly over the last two years.
2: Gavin, is the emergence of private credit funds a trend likely to continue in the loan market?
0: Uh, I probably wouldn't call it private credit funds. I'd call it institutional investors because there's there's a combination of private credit funds, but equally more institutional and traditional capital markets buyers that are prepared to participate in the loan market. Um, but And it depends on which investor you're talking about as to what segment of the market they're actually targeting because it is, it is quite different. Um, but I would say the private credit funds are a little bit more focused on high yield. Um, I mean, there is, there's a couple that are, are quite broad ranging in terms of their mandate, but as a general rule, the private credit funds are typically more high yield focused. And some of the more traditional institutional investors are... Um, are more after assets in segments that they haven't traditionally been able to access. And property is a good example of that where we're seeing either domestic super funds or even some of the offshore life companies and other investors like that are, are quite keen to target that space because they're in transactions that they wouldn't have otherwise got access to. So it's, it's really, um, a, um, depending on which investor you're after as to what they're targeting, but um, yeah, there's, there's probably those two areas are really key areas of focus: high yield and property.
2: And do you see that demand growing?
0: Oh, it's increasing all the time, um, and it's it's only going to grow further. I mean, um, I don't see any let up in the amount of money being generated to to invest in 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 loan assets. I mean, I think the 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 issue is more about on the supply side than the are uh, than the investor side. Although the one thing I would say is um with rates moving upwards um and loan product is a floating rate product i think we're probably might see a little bit of a pause in terms of the amount of um, institutional investment in the loan space because if if you got your three year if your three-year rate is three percent and bbsy is still sub 100 um you kind of can't make up that gap if you're sort of investing in a loan so it I think what we'll see is some of those investors more interested in fixed rate product as opposed to floating rate product, just over the short term until, until we get a more, I suppose, a flatter yield curve. So I think that's probably one thing. the the, yield, the shape of the yield curve will probably slow up in those participating in the loan space just for the next little while. But they're still after diversity and and have plenty of money to invest. So I, I don't see it's going to let up at any time soon.
2: What are our customers telling us about the market? What are their biggest challenges at the moment? Well, my biggest challenge is Gavin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> at the moment. And last <laughs> to year, me- my <laughs> biggest challenge was Gwen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest. <laughs> um, no, But in all seriousness, it is lo- – loans are a quite compelling um, proposition and it gives people a little bit of time to pause and look. I think the second half of this year has the potential to um, – increase quite significantly because a lot of that time that has allowed them to pause will have them rethink the second half especially for the borrowers that are rated and they need to make sure they have that mix of bank bond for their ratings um that have kind of more front-loaded the loans they'll they'll need to, to to term out within debt capital markets to to ensure that they have access, which they do have access, but it'll just be a a choice of price at that time. Yeah, I, th- I
0: think borrowers just don't want to pay it pay up um, when there's volatility around. So they'll do two things. They'll either, if they don't need to do something, they'll sit sit and wait for a little bit longer to see things stabilize a little bit more, or alternatively, they'll come to the loan market and then when things do stabilize, they'll then go and go back to the capital markets again. So um, I think that's probably the key the key things that's happening right at the moment. Um, and a lot of these borrowers that as Gwen said, there is borrowers coming to the loan market that would have other, otherwise gone to the bond market. I mean, they won't be in the loan market forever. They will ultimately go back to the bond market when the bond market's a little bit more stable and showing them some more attractive pricing.
1: Look, I think there is liquidity there. You can get deals done, you just have to be flexible. There's some days that are not good days, and there's some days that are great days. When you get a great day, you don't think tomorrow will be better. You take your good day and you go. Um, It's just that there is a lot of rate volatility and until we get past the medium term of inflation or we're more on that balanced end in in base rates, either in Australia, the U.S. and also Europe, that's another one, uh, an area that we need to focus on. It's just, you know, you just have to manage the current volatility. It can be done. There's plenty of liquidity available and you just have to time it right.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. The liquidity piece, like the liquidity is there as long as you go to the market at the right time. Um, and equally from the loan space as well, there's plenty of liquidity there. So, so that's fine from a liquidity perspective, but equally from a loan perspective, I'd say don't wait, come now because I think the, the trend is only going to be up for a little bit further from a pricing perspective. So take advantage of it now while you can, um, because I think if you're coming to speaking to me in three months time or six months time, loan pricing is probably going to be wider. Um, I mean, markets may have settled, and the capital markets may be on fire in six months' time. But that's a that's a wait and see question, right? We we don't actually really know what's going to happen. That was on air by ANZ Institutional. Be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to hear more.
1: This podcast is intended as thought leadership material. It is not published with the intention of providing any direct or indirect recommendations or to influence any person to make a decision in relation to any financial product or class of financial products. It is general in nature and does not take account of the circumstances of any individual or class of individuals. For further information, please refer to the full disclaimer at institutional.anz.com.